and welcome to Fiercely Freelance, the no BS podcast for freelance women that brings you hot business, marketing and mindset tips every week, as well as raw and inspiring stories from real freelancers. I'm your host, Seals Lockley. I'm a former freelancer and expert digital marketer of 20 years, and I'm here to help you discover how to create and grow a freelance business that puts your desires and needs first connects you to a true sense of purpose and gives you a sustainable income. If you want to feel confident, calm, but also seriously fucking fierce as a business owner, I've got you. Hello, Flo, and welcome to Fiercely Freelance, the podcast, the podcast that you edit as well as you're now a guest on. Hello. (laughs) Oh, hello. Thank you so much for having me. It's amazing to be here. Well, I think it's probably very kind of like almost like stepping inside your own like work by being on the podcast and also being, you know, you're going to be editing this after we speak. So it's kind of fun. It's a fun, fun idea. I just thought I really want to get you on the show. I want to talk to you about your business journey. I want you to tell people about the things that you've experienced as a freelancer and being my sister as well. And one of my one-on-one clients, we worked together. We've worked together really closely for the last couple of years professionally. And that's really helped us like figure things out in different ways and get to know each other even better and an even deeper level um, in terms of knowing what we what we both kind of need from from work. So I think that's a really interesting conversation to have. So I'd love to hear your side of how you got started as a freelancer, when that was, and tell people a bit more about you. Yeah, well, where to start really? Um, so I've kind of I kind of thought about this and thought I'm really going to go back a little bit further and just kind of really basically go over stuff. So I've spent years in corporate just doing jobs from jobs to jobs and that kind of box that you fit in when you're, you know, like you leave school and then you might go to college. And after that, it's just literally go to a recruitment agency and it's like, oh, uh, I'm a woman. I'll, I'll just work in an office and you just put in this box. And then you start working in an office in the corporate world and you're like, yeah, I can do this and this and this. It's great. But then you start to realize that there's like, for me anyway, there was like this gut feeling that I just, I, I just, it was so clinical being in an office. And I just thought, I don't, don't know if I want to do this. So Fast forward a little bit, I kind of spit, went from insurance to banking to loads of other areas. And then I just thought, do you know what? Every single job I'm getting, I'm just getting this gut feeling very, very quickly. And the more I kind of stepped through my journey, I kind of then got to a stage where I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to work for somebody else. I'm going to go off on my own. So I would say I've, I've been freelancing probably, well, you know, very part time-ish for about nine years. Um, I started uh, freelancing with marketing, kind of getting connections of local people, etc. But yeah, I just basically did that. And then I finally went off on my own um, and started Peachy Pod, the podcast, which is what you're listening to right now. <laughs> well, one of the productions. And that was, yeah, born where it's January 2021, I think it was. So about a year and a half in so far. 
Awesome. Yeah, like you say, you've had a really long, like, and sometimes very hard kind of career where you just felt like you really never fitted into the corporate workplace. And I think so many people feel like that and they're like, is there something wrong with me? Like, why don't I like work? Like, why does work feel really hard? And I think not everyone is supposed to like live in Henry Ford's idea of this 40 hour week and you all sit in an office and look at a screen. Well, yeah like heels and lipstick and tight skirts and like what is like I'm uncomfortable right now I just want to be (laughs) with shorts and a t-shirt like I don't want to be in this environment oh my god I do not miss like wearing you you remember like in like the noughties when you were working in an office and you'd like wear like a suit from next with like a matching pinstripe jacket and like a (laughs) pencil skirt and court shoes like I can't think of anything I'd like least like to wear I'd rather wear a fucking bin bag than wear that I know. So you started Peachy Pod in January 2021 and you had never like had like a prop, like a proper business before. Had you like, was this the first time you kind of gone into business as it were, rather than just sort of doing freelance jobs or? Yeah. So um, I actually, whilst I was doing the last stint of my corporate jobs, which was, yeah, a very, it was, it was drawing to a very uncomfortable chapter um, in addition to mental health going downhill as well. I thought, right, I've had enough of this. I need to train and do something else so I can start my own business. And that was with um, the Bowen Technique, which you've never heard of it before. It's a physical therapy, a bit like kind of reflexology, acupuncture, that kind of scope of like holistic alternative yeah, well-being. Anyway, did that in 2017. Um, and during that time, I was very unwell with my mental health. So it's it's taken a lot of years to kind of get the confidence to actually properly launch that as a business. But I would say I kind of launched that more like maybe 2019, I'd say, maybe. But it was all kind of like part time. Oh, somebody needs some help or I can help them. But no like obvious like marketing plan and like I'm going to work here, et cetera, et cetera, until a bit later on. So, but they, that obviously intertwined into Peachy Pod, and I'm so glad that I've done Peachy Pod because I can now what I've learned from this business I can put back into the Bowen business. Um, so they do kind of like they're brother and sister really. They kind of look after each other to mm. you know, weaknesses and strengths. So, yeah, and I think one of the reasons that you set up Peachy Pod, am I right, is because you were finding during the pandemic that actually doing therapy, which, you know, the therapy you do, you literally like get Mm. people to lie lie on a a bed and, you know, you have to touch their body. So like that wasn't going to work in the pandemic, was it? (laughs) Bit difficult. Yeah. (laughs) Not many people. And also it's like, it was that particular moment of lockdown where we're all like, where's this going to go? Is this, are we all going to start, you know, is is like, we just didn't know. I don't want to go into it obviously, but that, kind of moment of not knowing was really uncomfortable for all of us and that was just the moment when I was like I'm gonna have to close and obviously we were told as well by our higher up uh, membership associations etc that you know that was the best thing of course yeah so you kind of put a pause on the bow in and you decided to set up PG pod so tell me what inspired you to set PG pod up like where did that come from and how does that relate back to your previous experience because you mentioned that you worked in marketing but I have a feeling that like you didn't just set up a podcasting business because you fancied like making podcasts <laughs> yeah I just I just saw some girl doing it and I was like oh I want to do that no it was <laughs> <laughs> it was uh no not one of those kind of like copycat situations um it's really weird I think 
like music has been my life for a very, very long time. So let's go way back. Um, basically, one of my mum's friends brought around his decks one New Year's Eve. So my mum was rather cool and used to have these really cool house parties and stuff when we were younger. So I was very, I'm very grateful to her for that. Um, anyway, I brought Thanks around these decks. Thanks for the parties, mother. Thanks for the <laughs> yeah. parties. We had fun. <laughs> we did. <laughs> rave on um yeah so I just I just I was like oh can I have a go I was really inquisitive I was like oh what are they anyway I long story short he showed me how to DJ and I bought a few records and I just got into DJing basically so that was really really young at like 16 and from then I was kind of hooked um so yeah very very strangely I was gonna go to college and do cabinet making um (laughs) very unusual for a girl in 2000 yeah in the noughties um and then I was rejected because the course was full so I ended up going to music college in London and I I basically applied to do a music production course uh, which I was successful um and I studied music production um at the age of 18 which was such an amazing course to just like go to college and be in a in a studio like I mean there were several studios in the building but to be around speakers and pianos and like then there was a like a, a proper uh, studio where there was like a drum kit and I was just like I was like a kid in a sweet shop it was just wonderful and to know that every day I could just go in and just go and in, in your free time instead of it just being like what it might be in uni and like I don't know go to the student bar and go go do this or whatever it was like you can go and just play <laughs> um, <laughs> and with with and you know book a little slot in with a computer and speakers and it was just it was wonderful so yeah I mean that was that was the kind of the the you know the start of it and it was it was a really amazing course so yeah that led me to to music production school and then you obviously you you finished uh, music school and you obviously like you said previously you went into you know the corporate world like you did lots of different jobs but you always had that music thread didn't you you're always doing doing the music stuff in the background yeah yeah definitely and I don't know I'm I'm like getting a tiny bit emotional because it's like it's weird talking about your history isn't it like yeah it brings it up obviously... all the emotion <laughs> yeah so uh basically after that, I couldn't make a career out of music because it's so so hard, as we all know. Um, so yeah, I had to get just a, a real life job, and I, I think I was living in Bristol at the time. And I got I got one one of my first corporate jobs. Which, thinking back to in preparation of this podcast interview, was the best corporate job I had, and it was just before the financial crisis hit. So money was everywhere. Everyone was spending money like so much. So so it was an excellent training course um and it was in sales as well which is like you look at me now and think Flo you used to be really good at sales what's going on (laughs) so (laughs) oh yeah and one of the things I mainly struggle with in my business is sales and it's like you used to be really good at it Flo you like smashed your targets every quarter like I don't understand (laughs) what you're talking about yeah I remember you phoning me and being like I've just yeah I've just smashed all my targets and like I'm getting a bonus this month and like you you just love that job um so so going back to kind of starting Peachy Pod, so yeah. you started Peachy Pod because you understand how like music production works and, you know, in the same way you understand how audio production works. So that's really awesome that you kind of came up with a, this this idea to, to have a, a podcasting business out of the pandemic, something that didn't rely on you having to see people in person and that you could run online. 
So as we know, we've talked about this offline and, and many times is starting an online business is very different to starting a in-person business. So you, you set up your Boeing business step by step. Yeah. But tell, tell me about the first few months of starting Peachy Pod. Like what was that like starting a business from scratch in an online space? Yeah, I mean, that was that was back when Instagram was a bit kinder. So but yeah, I just I literally started messy. I, I, I just, I just try to put all the fear to the side and go, I've just got to show up, I've got to do this. And, you know, with your really amazing help, you were just like, Flo, just go with it. Just, just do, do the thing, like, forget all these voices going, oh, well, it's not like the design's not right for that grid post. Oh, no. And procrastinating, which I'm really good at that too. Um, like, <laughs> yeah, I just, just got on with it. So, so yeah, and then I was just amazed. Like it, it was yeah, such an amazing start. Really, really amazing start. So yeah, and then yeah, and you pick you picked up clients pretty pretty quickly, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, I, I won my first client in eight weeks, which was like yeah, hello, who's that woman over there? <laughs> so, but it's like maybe that's because of all all the hard work at the beginning and and pushing those fears to the side and showing up in a way where I was just like. I'm supposed to be doing this. And I, you know, I'd had people around me going, Flo, I can see like this spark in you because I was like talking to that music creative side of me and going, look, we can play, we can do a business where I get to use you finally. Hello, come back. You're here. This is your time. I think my body and my mind was just like, yes, this feels so good. Um, and not not to kind of detriment my bone business, but because obviously that's a different skill. But it was just lovely to be able to, and I think that's what I what came across through my selling and my Instagram and showing up was that authenticity that people kind of vibe to and what we all talk about in this space. So yeah, mm. yeah, and and I, I agree with you. I think I think you had a few things going on there. So you had the adrenaline, the adrenaline of starting a new business is is not to be, you know, sniffed at like that, right. that adrenaline rush, which comes with like, oh my gosh, I've got this new business. I'm so fucking excited. Like this is my offer. I'm going out. I'm going to get some clients and it feels great. It's, and it's, it's so exciting. So let's go back to talking about your first kind of thing that you were really proud of. Like what's the, in the all of Peachy Pod, the whole time you've been in business, what's the thing you're most proud of? I think just getting the fuck on with it, Bridget. Really, <laughs> I love it <laughs> <laughs> because it's weird. Like we're going to talk about in a minute, minute. I know about what my struggles are now, but or what have they been? But at the beginning, as you say, I had all that adrenaline and that kind of newbie and that like, yeah, fuck you, fear. I'm going for it. Like, I think I'm just proud of just get it, having got on, on with it. And yes, it was amazing to get clients. Um, but that's, that's like half the journey, isn't it? It's, it's also like learning all the hats along the way and then learning. Then I know my next chapter is basically about how are you going to make this work for you? If, if certain things aren't working, how are you going to keep molding and shaping it so it, it will work for you? Because I feel like a lot of us are struggling with this whole you know, we must be earning X amount in order to feel successful. And it's like, I, I'm really not vibing with that. I'm, I'm vibing with other things to look after myself before like any kind of abundance comes along. So I say, sorry, to summarize, 
just yeah just getting on with it and trying just fighting the fear which is something I, I I'll happily have a bit of that back now please <laughs> more please <laughs> so. yeah and that's such an interesting point because you recognize that your biggest thing you're proud of is that you've just got on with it but you also recognize quite humbly and quite self in a very self-aware way that you're not feeling like you don't feel like you can just get the fuck on with it all the time no no exactly which which brings me on to my next question, which is what has been the hardest thing? And I think you alluded to it a little bit there, but what has been the hardest thing for you in all of the, this freelance journey so far? Yeah, I think it's, it's, the, it's the demand, the pressure, the, you know, like social media, basically, Instagram. Let's just get straight down to the point here. It's lovely being on it. It's nice to get all oh, that little dopamine. Oh, somebody liked my photo. Oh, someone's commented. Ding, ding, ding. It was all happening. So you feel like you're kind of being motivated and you're energized through this kind of like journey. So you're going, going, going. But then as soon as you stop, like if you say, do you know what? I just need a fucking break. Um, if you stop, you then get in a big ditch and then like you just keep rolling down the ditch and if you don't get out quick enough then you feel like you're completely stuck and then all of these fear things come in and yeah that is what I'm struggle struggled with the most is being able and being confident enough to know exactly how to deal with certain parts of parts of your business so for me especially it's social media how to show up sustainably forget the consistency it's sustainable is just my priority right now because I need to show people what I can offer, but I can't sell from a place of being so deep down in the ditch that I'm like, uh, would anyone like to buy from me? <laughs> you know, it, <laughs> it's just, you know, nobody's going to buy from you if you're down in the ditch, are they? <laughs> so, I just want to say you're giving me loads of ideas for new podcast episodes. <laughs> oh, <really? laughs> I've just written down the seven hats you'll need to wear in business and how to show up sustainably on social media. Thanks, Flo. There we go, real. <laughs> but going back to that, so I just want to say, I think that it's so wonderful that you said, I don't want to be consistent. I want to be like, I want a sustainable social media plan, not a consistent yeah. social media plan. And I think this is where everyone gets sort of tripped up. Mm. So what you found hard from what you've said, the thing you found hardest is what we kind of would wrap up in a kind of resilience. Um, it's that resilience that, you know, whatever happens, you're not going to get kind of chucked in the ditch again and, and kind of freeze. And I think like the resilience doesn't happen overnight. I think it takes a long time to build up yeah, and it comes yeah. hand in hand with self-discipline. And let's remember that not everyone is like a robot. Not everyone is some kind of content expert, you know, shitting content out every every day like it's you know <laughs> yeah like golden nuggets every day like oh I just content just flows out of me like just not <laughs> <laughs> well I, I think of that when I read your emails I'm like god I bet she wrote that in about four seconds <laughs> it would take me about three hours to write an email like that. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Celia, Celia poops email <laughs> I do. I poop emails. I poop Instagram posts and TikToks. Um, yeah. They just, but I'm, I just want to say, like, the reason I do find content easy, remember this, please, is that I have worked in content marketing for 20 years and I am yeah. a writer and I understand social media at a deep level and I know how to attract, uh, like, attract my audience and get their attention. And 
that is something I've practiced for many, many years. So that's kind of my zone of genius. But if it's not your zone of genius, it's bloody hard. It's really bloody hard. God, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I could, I could add a, a few more onto that. What else have you struggled with the most? And yeah, one of those things is, is that. So yeah. <laughs> mm. But I think it's very, it's probably very relatable to our listeners because I'm sure if you're listening, you're thinking, yeah, actually social media is a fucking nightmare. Like it's, it's, yeah, you know, it's kind of like a love it or hate it. Like some people find it really easy and they really enjoy it and it just happens. And then everyone else is like, please, please do I not have to have this in my life, which is why I'm a big fan and have been much more embracing of things recently that don't involve social media. So this podcast, for example, has just given me such a, such a different kind of perspective on marketing. The fact that people tune into this podcast and they find me through this podcast, through searching for words like freelancing on their phone in in podcast uh, apps. So powerful. And then getting into the podcast, binging the podcast, then they message me on Instagram or TikTok and they say, I love your podcast. And I'm like, whoa, that's powerful. I didn't have to go on fucking social media and show up and make 10 stories every day to get that, that, to get that result, to get that person interested in working with me or interested in my content. I just had to make a podcast. And so I think social media has a lot to answer for in the pressure it puts on freelancers. Yeah. It's like the be all and end all, isn't it? And so what I was going to say is I think the problem here is that people have glorified the power of Instagram for too long. I think Instagram has been the be all and end all channel for online business owners for the last few years. And it's had this golden era where it was at one time a very, very effective place to show up, sell, convert clients. It is no longer necessarily that powerful because there are competitive channels coming in because people are sick of seeing the same messages because Instagram's algorithm is changing. There's lots of things going on in this, in the business space. And I think it's easy for people to just blame the algorithm but actually the whole of the business space is changing right now instagram's a bit of a, a a bit of a kind of easy scapegoat in that in that situation so going back to kind of what's been hard like that whole showing up thing i know you've talked about this to me in our one on one sorry is it irrelevant now <laughs> just fuck off instagram and do some other channel <laughs> Well, it's not. I mean, you know, for like, if I'm giving advice on this, like Instagram is still really relevant in your strategy and it's not that you need to abandon it. You need to look at it in a different way. So rather than thinking, thinking as it, as you did in 2019, 2021, when it was like post loads of, you know, image posts and like do some reels and it will be great. You now got to see it as a different platform almost because it's no longer the place where you can just put all your eggs in one basket so my strategy currently is to use it almost a bit like a website so I have my main messages on there I have all the details of how to work with me and you know all the kind of stuff you'd expect to find on a website and I use it to do a few updates every day on stories but I'm not hammering it in the way that I probably did in the past because I'm now doing things on other channels. So I'm using LinkedIn. I'm sending lots more emails. I'm doing this podcast and I'm also using TikTok. And those are different things you can do to diversify your social media, but also make it not all about fucking Instagram. So what would you say to, um, because I'm 
something's coming up for me, which might be coming up for your listeners as well, is I find it very overwhelming to be like, you now need to be doing this and this and this. So I'm, so, I'm talking about LinkedIn. I'm talking about TikTok. I'm talking about email marketing. Like these are all the other like strings to your bow um, in addition to starting your own podcast. <laughs> so say there's like five, I've just, well, four, I've just like, what would you say to somebody rather than overwhelming yourself? Who is feeling overwhelmed about it? Like yeah. how to approach it? I love that this is turning into a little mini coaching session. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So basically, remember, let's go back to my previous point that I'm a content expert. That's why I'm doing my content in lots of different channels because I'm really comfortable with it. I've got a really good self-discipline with content. It just flows out of me. (laughs) (laughs) Content poops. (laughs) Content poops. Um, Oh, by the way, um, I do also talk about creative constipation as something I mention occasionally. So this this analogy is working really well for me. (laughs) Oh my God. I never thought I'd be talking about shit on the podcast, but here we are. (laughs) So sorry if this is turning a corner for you. So basically, where was I? You were asking me about overwhelm with too many channels. So if you're a freelancer and you're just starting out, or even if you've been in business for a few years and you're finding this whole like social media marketing, marketing as a whole is really overwhelming to do all on all on your own. Remember that most big companies have several people looking after all this shit for them. So you don't need to put the pressure on yourself to do all of it. What I would think about is what kind of business are you running? Like what is your what is your business and what is your ideal client looking for from your business? So if you're a social media manager, you need to be on fucking Instagram. You need to be on TikTok. You need to be in places where your clients would expect to find you. Yeah. If you're, if you have a podcasting business, controversially, Flo, I'd say you need a podcast. (laughs) I know, but yeah. (laughs) Because it's all about showcasing your expertise. And similarly, if you're a brand designer, I would want to see you on Pinterest. I want to see you on Pinterest and probably on Instagram because it's a creative channel. And as well, this is that's just one way of looking at it. Also think about what you are comfortable doing because if you're not comfortable doing it, then you you're never going to do it. It's going to, you know, the creative constipation is going to come right in there and you're not going to do it. So what can you do in terms of channels which feels really comfortable for you. So for example, flow, you might be like, I fucking hate writing. So no, email is not the one for me. So you can have an email list, but maybe you just send them podcasts or you send them videos. Like maybe you're more comfortable on video or maybe you're not. Maybe you're more of a, just an image person. Like you send them images and some like little bits of, you know, snippets and quotes. I don't know. You choose the medium. You choose the way you want to communicate with people and you make that your thing. There's no right or wrong here. But the one thing that is very confusing for people, and and this is where everyone gets unstuck, is they try and do everything. It's the same with business. If you try and please everyone, you'll please no one. So try and be specific, not only in what you're offering, but also in where you're offering it and where you're talking about it. Yeah, brilliant. That is a hot tip. And that that concludes today's (laughs) coaching session. (laughs) So... I want to talk about this phrase that you said to me in the past, which I talk about, but I think we need to unpack it a little bit, which is there is this kind of phrase that I I use, like I use this, but I, I think the context here is important. So 
one of the things I really believe in as a freelancer is you need to create a business on your terms. Now, what I mean by this is that you need to set the terms that you're comfortable with. So like we were just saying, you know, which channels do you want to show up on? Like how many hours a week do you want to work? How much money do you want to earn? That's setting your own terms. Yeah. Now, Flo, talk to me about why this kind of phrase, this, um, this, this terminology sometimes can feel difficult for you in particular. Yeah, because again, I suppose with the overwhelm brain mindset of mine, let's go back to my bone business, for example. It's like, right, Flo, great. Okay. You know how to practice now. You can get clients. Great. Okay. So let's, let's book in when, when are you going to be open? When's your clinic going to be open? And it's like, wow, that's a big decision. Wow. I don't know. Okay. Like nine till two. Okay. Almost at the time. And then it's like, even something as simple as that, deciding what time I'm open, I find really tricky. Okay. So when it comes to building a business on your terms, I feel that there's so many variables and so many boundaries. I'd probably need, yeah, some professional help with that question. (laughs) It just sounds crazy. So is it almost that there's too much pressure to, like, if we say, if you want to create a business on your terms, it's like, I'm not ready to define what my terms are. I don't know what they are. No, I'm I'm available all the time. (laughs) What are you talking about? (laughs) Call me at one o'clock. I mean, you know, going back, I'll just say an example that's just come to me. Um, I used to work for an orthopedic surgeon um, doing web design and graphic design. I mean, completely out of my comfort zone. And I remember one time I was, I think I was about, yeah, I was, I'm sure I was like five months pregnant or something. I was really like so tired at nighttime. And I agreed to go on a call with him at 10 o'clock at night. And I was like dead to the world. And I was like, again, Flo, where's your boundaries here? Like that is not a cool thing to do. <laughs> so yes, just an example. Yeah. And and this is stuff that you all get better at as you, as you get more experience, you, you realize you do something and then you go, oh, fuck, actually, that was awful. I'm not doing that again. Like, and you like, woo, set a boundary. So like, sometimes you need to put yourself in a situation where you make yourself uncomfortable or you do something you don't want to do, or you take on a client that you don't want to take on. And then you go, oh, actually, that's something I'm not like, I'm not willing to like suffer that uncomfortable, stressful, unsavory situation, whatever that may be. Um, Mm. And then you, you get to decide like, you know, I'm not available. You can say to yourself, I'm not available for calls after 8 p.m., whatever it may be. And you can set those terms for yourself. Yeah. I think another thing to add about like building a business on your terms is like, it's that whole scarcity and the fear of, of not getting enough, you know, clientele income in. And so for you to go, oh, I don't work Mondays and Thursdays, great. But actually, you know, because of the certain situation you might be in in that time, maybe it's a bit of a low spell in the business, you actually want to work those two days to make sure that you can, you know, do more to market, you know, with your marketing strategy, et cetera, to help that. So I think that's what makes me unsettled is it's like if you're building, 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 it's quite hard to set a boundary because, you know, you will just be open for work and open to help and all the rest of it. And it's very hard. I think it's much easier when you've got a more sustainable and, you know, consistent, really don't like that word, do I? (laughs) Income. (laughs) Triggering. Um, (laughs) Trigger. Um, That, you know, say if you were on 10K months, you'd probably be a bit really badass at like going oh well yeah I don't work Mondays now I'm I'm yes I'm off swimming and then I'm going to yoga and then I'm doing this and it's all very easy because you've kind of Mm. got that confidence to go but then 
again, back at you see maybe a bit more of a coachy thing. It's like, how do we empower that in ourselves as freelancers before we've got that income to feel safer, to feel a bit more comfortable, to feel a bit more like, yeah, I can do this. I'm amazing at my job and I'm a great podcast producer. Of course, people want to work with me. But when you're having a really tough time of, of, you know, just kind of trying to manage your your mental health and you know like you as well as your business and kind of getting that balance right so that you can show up in a kind of genuine and like people are excited to work with you rather than be like oh my gosh she's banging on about how you know she's having a bit of a pants day and I feel you know feel for her and all the rest of it but that vulnerability I don't know what do you Mm. think well there's a few things there that I want to dig into basically I think that what is happening when we don't exercise the boundaries we set is fear, basically. Like, that's it. It's just fear. So you mentioned there, and I think this is such an interesting point, you mentioned there that when you're in the kind of early stages of business that you're much more open to opportunities and your boundaries are much looser because you don't have, like, you don't know if that person is going to, you're going to basically, let's take the example of like a prospective client. So you know, let's say you don't work Fridays, but the client wants to have a call with you on a Friday. So what you'll do is you'll go, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, okay, fine. I'll do it on a Friday. Right. Because you're Mm -hmm. worried that if you don't accept that client, that somehow you're going to not get the money and your business is going to be failing. Right. Yeah. So I did that two days ago. (laughs) Yeah. So we'll break, (laughs) we'll break a boundary because we think that if we don't do the thing, that the fear will tell us, well, if you don't do this, Florence, then you're not going to get this client and you're going to be a fucking failure. That's what the voice is saying. Oh my God, that's so eerie. You're like the person in my head. Oh, <laughs> It's true. Yeah, I also sound like you, so it's probably literally like a voice. Um, <laughs> hello, Florence. Hello. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's really creepy, isn't it? Um, it is. But basically, that's all it is. So, So this is about you know, this is my like kind of response to your question is like, this mm. is about you exercising and protecting your boundaries. So it's all very, very well setting a boundary. There's absolutely no point in setting the boundary <laughs> if you're no. just going to piss all over it and go, oh, fuck it, let's go. <laughs> we've got, we've got to actually, <laughs> but I swear to God, we are not drinking, but we might as well have a couple of beers on the go. <laughs> oh, it's, it's Friday. <laughs> It's Friday afternoon. I actually am I'm considering changing my podcast recording days to to Friday yeah. afternoons. It's a different vibe. Um it is. so so yeah, so you've got to protect your boundaries as well as, you know, set them in the first place. You've got to really uphold them. And this is why you see that 10k a month person doing it really well is because they have they have no fear. They have they know, they trust themselves implicitly that whatever mm. they do they're still going to make bank, as, as they say. They're still going to make the money. It's not going to, you know, disappear. It's not going to all fail. And actually, what will this is? This is a really interesting part of this whole, like, from a psychology perspective. If you are in scarcity mindset, which is where you're like fearing the worst and you're catastrophizing, and my fucking business is going to fail, and I'm having no money, and life is shit then you make poor decisions. You will make decisions based out of that scarcity mindset. So you'll go, oh yeah, of course I'll do a call tomorrow. Yeah, let's do this. And you'll be very, very like desperate. It'll like come across as desperate, which may that, you know, when we talk about like energy and I do believe 
in a non-woo way, I do believe that the energy you radiate as a person is interpreted by the human beings. And if you're radiating I'm desperate energy, then your clients will pick up on that and they may be put off by that without you even knowing, because let's remember that so much of communication is non-verbal. So what I'm saying is we need to get ourselves out of scarcity mindset, need to get ourselves away from fearing what's going to happen when we set a boundary and actually believe, really truly believe that when we set a boundary, that only that that's serving us first but also mm. it's showing our clients that we're not to be fucked with. We're not to be messed around with. Like if somebody asked me to do a discovery call at five o'clock on a Friday, I'd be like, sorry, babes, I'll speak to you on Monday. Or, you know, I've got a slot next week on Thursday because yes, yes, I am free at five o'clock on a Friday, but do I want to do a call at five o'clock on a Friday? No, no, because I oh, want to go and get my that. nails done or <laughs> I want to take the dog for a walk or I want to just go and sit down and watch Silent Winters. <laughs> That's the kind of sad who I am. <laughs> um, but it's it's so it is. I, I get it. It's so difficult when you're in that mindset of like everything is shit, and I'm really scared about what's going to happen in my business. To go, okay, deep breath. I'm going to set a boundary. I'm going to say no. Yeah. But my challenge to you is to do it because it will change the dynamics of your business. It will. Yeah. I mean, that that was an example from my other business. And that's a different thing because I'm helping someone who's in chronic pain next week. And I just decided to see them on a non-working day. But then that's my kind of like womanly, oh, oh I'll see you because I'm People pleasing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And this and is it's- what it is. It's, pe- it's people pleasing. You know, we, we're, we're conditioned to people please. That's what we do. I mean, I'm, I'm almost like, oh, I'll come, I'll come drive to your house and give you it there. And I was like, no, Flo, you can't just stop thinking all these things. Like, they come to you and then you don't have to pay for fuel. <laughs> it's like, hello. <laughs> and I think you've touched on a really good point there, Flo, which is that, you know, sometimes we create, a, we create a business that ends up being a bit like a sort of labor of love. So with your Boeing business, because you're caring for people and some of your patients, clients, whatever you call them, are in pain, you feel a responsibility to fix that pain. And so you feel an urgency in a way that say a medical professional would feel like I need to be there, like, woo, 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 get the ambulance out. I need to go and like, get rid of your pain. But like, whoa, hang on a minute. This isn't the emergency services. Okay. This is a Boeing therapy business, right? Yeah. Like you're not responsible for other people's pain. You're not responsible for that. So you get no. to see them when you're ready. And if they're in pain, that's that that's for them to deal with like I'm sorry I know it sounds a bit cold but this is a business it's not like a like some like a charity it's not like a like I say an emergency services yeah yeah that's the thing about therapy business it's like you'll get paid for doing your hour of therapy but then out you know outside of it like you'll be texting the client and they'll just be like oh yeah and I'm almost like a bit too caring outside of that work and again that's not setting a good boundary so some of your freelancers might think oh I, I actually do that as well and maybe that that is something I need to revise as well yeah I mean it's about noticing like what you're doing in between the work so you know it's things like I like setting boundaries that protect you from being constantly contacted by clients so I have a boundary which is I never ever check email on my phone I have my personal email on my phone because I literally just get like emails from school on there and hmm. you know random emails from like promotions but I, I literally don't get work emails on my phone I haven't done for years because it's just so stressful I don't want to look at work emails on my phone if, if somebody needs to email me 
then they can email me and I'll check it later. I only check my emails twice a day. And then if mm. it's urgent, they're going to call me. Like if there's something that's on, actually on fire, then they're going to call me. And that's a boundary I've set with my clients. <laughs> because emergency services are back. <laughs> emergency services are back. <laughs> and we we just need to like remove this idea that we need to be constantly available or that we need to fix everybody's bloody problems. Yeah. I have this wonderful friend who always talks about this idea that like we get to a point in our businesses where, you know, like we're like, oh, yeah, sure. I'll just like move this fridge for you. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you, like you're doing everything for everyone. Um, my interpretation of it is like you're going to go pick their kids up from school. Like you you will do everything for that person because you want to please yeah. them. But actually, who are you pleasing? You're not pleasing yourself. Yeah. So it's looking at, really looking at yourself and see how you're actually, you know, like really setting those boundaries. Yeah. And you'll be respected more if you know what they are and you preach those because people will be like, oh, she costs that much because she's worth it. But she's giving off a vibe of going, yeah, I know I'm worth it. So then they will pay for that. So, yeah, it all makes sense. But it's just having that extra I, I think it's all inner work. So at the moment, I, I'm in a state of needing to work on my inner self. And as you know, it's a daily maintenance program for everybody, um, especially yeah. women. And if you don't do that daily, then you will be like up shit creek, you know, yeah, <laughs> some one way or the other very soon. <laughs> so and then that obviously feeds in and helps you show up confidently, show up like, yeah, I can do this, all the rest of it. So. I think what you've touched on there is really important that, you know, actually taking care of yourself, your inner work and in a totally practical, like mental health focused, like how am I feeling today way? It's something you need to do every day, like brushing your teeth. You need to every single day go, okay, let me just check. How am I feeling? What, what is, and this is why, right. People moan about, oh, journaling is so woo woo. This is why we journal. This is why journaling is important. Now I used to journal loads. I don't journal as much as I used to because I do a lot of what I call verbal journaling. And you probably, right. This is, this is me. <laughs> oh, in the car. This is great. In the car. This is, this is, this is a thing people. Mommy, so what are you doing? <laughs> mommy, why are you talking to the window again? <laughs> But I, I, every morning, pretty much every morning, I drive my daughter to preschool and it's about a 20 minute drive. And rather than journaling, which to be honest, I don't have time for, like I have a small child, I have lots of stuff I need to get done in the morning, like walk the dog and get the pack lunch ready and all that bollocks. So the time for me to check in with myself is on the drive back from preschool. So when I've dropped her off, cause she now just is like, you're crazy and she wants the radio on. So I, I sit there, I turn the radio off and I just literally spout whatever is on my mind. And it's usually things I'm scared about, things I'm worried about, things I'm excited about. And it's like a check-in with myself. And once I've done that, I always feel so much better and I know exactly what I need to do for the day. So actually checking in with yourself and rem like noticing how you're feeling is so important a lot of people don't do this because they just they just go straight into work like get to the desk get on with the work make sure you're yeah, checking yourself first conditioning and you know masculine blah 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 yeah it's a masculine energy to just get on with stuff but actually mm. remember you're a girl and you've got feelings not say men don't have feelings well, no, we've got a cycle and men don't have a cycle. And we have yeah. like four more hormones in our body than men. And we're way more complicated and way more cool. 
without more being. Cool. I mean, we way are. Cool. We're we're way more cool and way more attractive generally. Um, <laughs> like face that. it. Um, so we were talking very much there about worth. Like before, you were talking about worth and like charging and stuff like that. So, mm. how do you feel as a freelancer in terms of? the world that the online business space which is very much geared towards you know this idea like you need to get to 10k months which you mentioned an example before of somebody who's you almost like use that example to kind of compare almost compare yourself to is like oh that person with a 10k month probably has great boundaries but what what do you feel is the problem with all of that money chat online as a freelancer yeah so i mean I, I don't regularly go down a scroll hole, but you know, if you do, like you're very much going to be able to absorb all that kind of world. And I have absorbed a lot of that over the period of the last year and a half of being on Instagram much more than ever before. And that world evokes that, you know, in order to get to the ultimate of happiness and joy and success is to reach these goals, which Instagram very cleverly make look like it's the best thing in the whole wide world and the rest of it. So I suppose we're kind of being brainwashed to believe that that's what we all need to be heading for. But without stripping that back and like not ever looking at that, what would we have all said if we'd never seen that? What would be your ultimate, you know, like your idea of success? Where do you want to go, Flo? Or where do you want to go, you know, listener who's, who's listening to this right now? That to me is a bit like when I was like 16, I used to look at people who had like new cars and think, oh my God, they've made it. They've got a brand new car. I didn't realize that they <laughs> just got it on finance. <laughs> you know, I used to think success was like, you've got a brand new car. Wow, you've made it. And then I've it's got like, a well, PCP, what? love. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, what's next then, Flo? If they've got a brand new car and they've made it, like, We've still got the rest of 50 years to live yet. Some, might, some shit might happen during that time. So mm. I don't know. I just, I just think it's, it's a really, it's been a very toxic interpretation of what we should all be aiming for in the online community. And it's starting, the cracks are starting to show, I believe. And especially if I talk about my experiences, that, it, that is not what I want. Like, I'd be happy with a Range Rover for about two weeks, as I said on the post the other day. And then I'd be like, just, you know what, it's really hard to fucking, there's like 200 pounds to fill up. The tires cost about 180 quid each. I don't want this shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I'd be happier in a green field, like living in a tent for like six months of the year than having a land, uh, Range Rover. So, yeah. Yeah, I think if we all try to take those kind of rose-tinted spectacles off that we've been just thrust on our face and gone, what do you actually want? What does this what does this business mean for you? Because I believe that we only need about five to ten clients to create like you know three to four thousand income a month, and that would just be, you know, absolutely fine. It's manageable. You can still have time off and you've gone, fuck you, corporate world. I did it on my own, you know, and you're working with your dream clients, people that make you kind of want to jump out of bed every morning and go, they fucking love me. And I fucking love them. And I love working for them. I love doing the work. And yeah, there's some bits in your business that you don't enjoy, like your tax return and your bloody admin. But eventually, <laughs> you know, it's like, that's my ultimate goal, really. So yeah. Mm. Yes, yeah, so I think it's really interesting there what you're saying about the fact that 
you know, the cracks are starting to show in the online business space. There are people who thought that they wanted, you know, a multiple six-figure business. They wanted the Range Rover. They wanted the nice clothes, the wardrobe, the holidays to Bali, the remote working, the, you know, the team. And actually, they don't really want that. They kind of got to a point where they're like, actually, this doesn't really fit in with what I what I want. And they've realized that actually scaling a business isn't always what it's cracked up to be. Um, the Instagram version of, you know, a six or seven figure business is very different to the reality of it. And, you know, it's it's so good that you've got to a point now where you're like, oh, actually, I'm I'm unsubscribing from all of that because I'm with you. Um, yeah. I one of the reasons I stopped building my agency was because I felt exactly the same. I was building an agency, you know, I was winning 10 to 15k projects a month, but I was miserable. I was working so much. I never got to see my family. I was stressed all the time. I was worrying about my clients all the time. And I just had a moment where I was like, what am I doing? Like this is not sustainable. No. And that is why I I've I've changed my business. That's why I've pivoted and, and created this business because like you, I actually don't need 10K a month. I don't need it. I'm really, really lucky. I'm very, very privileged. I have got a husband who covers my back. So all I yeah. really need, you know, I'm I'm a simple human being. Like I used to maybe want designer handbags and stuff. I don't know about you, Flo, but I just feel like I don't want very much. Like I just I almost like I've gone the other way. Like if somebody said to me, like, oh, you've got you've got some money to buy a brand new car, and I'd be like, Oh, I just want a nice electric car that'll do me. Like I don't want some fancy, fancy wheels, you know, I don't need very much anymore. And that's probably because I'm almost like rebelling against what society says is success. Yeah, yeah. Going back to you got brand new car, so you made it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um and I'm really proud of the fact that I drive around in a, you know, slightly filthy, you know, soccer mum car from 2015. That's all I need. I don't need a, you know, a, a fancy pair of wheels to like give me some sort of sense of, I mean, I've never been like that. I'm not, yeah, I'm not a car snob, but I know some people that's important to them and that's fine, but that's not, that's not for me. That's not what I'm here for. And actually the one thing I think you'll probably resonate with is like, when you're trying to like grow a business at, at speed and like you get kind of caught up in this idea of like success, it starts to become so much about the money that it stops being about the impact that you're making. Oh gosh, yeah, yeah. I've I've, I've noticed that with some of my clients is I'm like, am I am I really like giving the value that you know that that has been exchanged for the you know the asking price? And I'm I'm going to be totally honest here, and that, that might then you might think, oh, is she actually, you know, is her boundaries going all off again, thinking she's got to be a people pleaser. But there have been times when I'm like, I don't know if I have given enough in that moment. But obviously it varies, doesn't it? Because sometimes, some days we feel great, some days we don't feel so great. And that's fine. And people understand that. But, but yeah, that, that I definitely think you do get sucked into that kind of like, I must be earning this per month. And then it, it does take away. And like you said, like with your membership, you're like, I just love it when I'm I'm in that zone of of being asked a question and I'm helping somebody and it's just that's what you're doing it for and then then the money just is completely irrespective obviously you know you're running a business it's not a charity but that's your why and and you're constantly being reminded of that and you're less being reminded of the monetary gain so yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I want to be, you know, quite clear that actually, you know, we're not saying here that like, you know, fuck, fuck worrying about money. You shouldn't set money goals. Money goals are stupid. What I'm saying is it's important to focus on what's realistic. And I think when yeah. you start to get to 10K months, you know, I've seen people in, in you know, my community, they've got to 10K months and they're literally working all hours to deliver that work because they're yeah. probably, you know, even though they've, they've done a great thing by attracting that much business, Mm, they're amazing they've they don't have the tools to deliver it in a way that doesn't make them burnt out and that's the big shift so you know if you if you want the money you've got to accept that there are things you need to do things you need to sacrifice and this is the this is the hard bit like you have to sacrifice something if you want to earn lots of money there's no there's no way Mm. you can just orgasm out 30k months in your sleep you know, those women that, that think you t- show you that, the, that that is possible. I'm sorry, it's not possible. They've got teams of people behind them and it's, it's, not, it's not that easy. So no. what I'm trying to say is set realistic goals for yourself. So it's great if you want to earn 5K a month. Great, because actually that is achievable for you to do on your own. And you might want to get a VA or maybe a writer or a designer, somebody to kind of support you with that, you know, that sort of level of business but that's going to be sustainable for you rather than you going, yeah, actually, I really want to build a 10K a month business. And then you realize that when you've done that, that it's just makes you miserable. Mm-hmm. So Flo, um, when you started Peachy Pod, you were pregnant with your little boy and he's now, um, well, he's not so little anymore. And I wondered yeah. if you could tell us a bit more about how you've made your business kind of work around having a baby and just really sort of sharing that experience. And like, how do you make, how do you make motherhood and business work? Yeah, I mean, it could, I'll try not to open a can of worms, but yeah, it's, it's a struggle. But I said to myself this morning, I'm like, there are hundreds of women flow who've done this they run they started a business and they've got a small one and they've done it okay and that's not to put myself down when I'm at my worst or not worst at my lowest but it is really really hard but I luckily have childcare with my mother-in-law she's bloody amazing big shout out to Kerry right now so that's two days a week but then it's you know it's on specific days and then if I'm not feeling totally like on it and like yeah let's do let's work today wow then sometimes that can be a challenge because I'm like do you know what I think I just want to go for a swim (laughs) so you know I think it's hard because yeah you have to be there during the day and you kind of think well when can I do my work but a lot of the time as new you know I'd say I'm still in the new mum sector is you know you're knackered on the evening but it's just about finding the right time that works for you in line to you know your cycle I mean if it's a week before your period or during your period you're going to be cutting yourself a bit slack there so yeah I know I'm probably not answering your question correctly but I I find it really tough but and and of recent it's it's got it gets tougher obviously as they get a bit older because when they're little newborn he was sleeping right next to me here on my desk you know like in one of them (laughs) little pillow things that was easy (laughs) Yeah, it's true. When they're very small, it's it's a bit easier and then they get mobile. And I know he's recently just started trying to walk. So it's it's yeah. a whole other it's another chapter. But I think the thing about, you know, I've I've got a little one too. I think, you know, she's she's big bigger now. But she, you know, I remember the the struggle, like you, I remember just feeling like guilt like guilty 
that I wasn't able to work when I was supposed to be working. Like mm. when I found those pockets of time and I felt shit, I'd be like, oh, you're supposed to be working. And like, what are you doing? And actually this is again, goes back to the inner work and being kind to ourselves yeah. and actually going, do you know what? I don't feel like working today. If I don't want to sit and make five Instagram posts, is the world really going to end? No. And actually what I'm going to do is I'm going to take myself to the pool. I'm going to have a really nice swim. I'm going to go and take myself somewhere nice for lunch and get a coffee and just fucking chill because I'm a mum and I'm a business owner. I'm trying to do loads and I deserve it. Mm. Well, yeah, exactly. And it's that, that narrative in your head that is, that's what we all struggle with. I can only speak from my experience, but yeah, that totally goes on with me. And at this time in your life, when you do start having children, if you decide to have children, then it's almost like recently I've been thinking, Flo, I mean, you've got to give yourself a bit of slack that, you know, when your children are young, it's it's really fucking tough, okay? But once they're kind of, you know, gone to starting school and the rest of it, it's going to be a bit easier. Um, I mean, it never gets, you know, oh, yeah, it's plain sailing. It's like being on my own. <laughs> but it does get easier. I mean, mine is about to go off to school. Yeah. And I'm going to have five days a week, you know, nine till three, five days a week. I'm going to be a free, a free woman. And that's incredible. Like, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's a big, it's a big step and it does get easier. It's, it never, ever gets like easy. Like there's always, you know, challenges yeah. and, you know, school speaking holidays. To, well, yeah. And like school holidays, but speaking to people, you know, my friends who've got teenagers, they're like, it's, you know, it's, it's not easier. It's just different. It's a different kind of challenge, you know? Yeah. But the most important thing is that you are kind to yourself. I think that's the big, the big thing that I've, I've had to kind of get good at is, is being a bit selfish as well. Like you're not, just because you're a mum doesn't mean to say you have to be like a, a martyr as well to everyone mm. else because they expect yeah. you to do everything or, you know, this this sort of and it's it's all just traditional conditioning, isn't it? That you you should be like, you know, always always there for your child and like a hundred percent in and like working is like bad and oh fuck off no, no exactly and I I always say I think a counsellor once told me a really important thing and she wasn't a mum <clears throat> she'd never had children. She's like, Flo, it's it's always 80-20. You can never be there 100% for your kids because that 20% is for you. And it must always be for you because if you don't put yourself first, then you cannot show up or be, you know, I'm not going to say great or, you know, like you cannot be the, the, the maximum of the mum that you are. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. It's, it's about you protecting your own self as well as... Yeah your children and not being complete like not being completely run ragged so that yeah. you so that you're a crap mum because you're so tired and you're so fed up and your mental health in the, in the ditch because you know you haven't taken care of yourself yeah yeah okay Flo well I want to ask you a question which I've been asking all my guests this year which is what do you do to help yourself feel confident what's your ritual what do you like to do to give yourself confidence Oh, I was really looking forward to this question because obviously I've I've edited quite a few of them already. <laughs> she knows <laughs> so, what's coming. <laughs> I'm like, uh, yeah. Well, I, and also I wanted to choose something different because there's been a few that are similar. But yeah, my answer would be taking the dog for a walk because whatever mood I'm in, generally if it's on the lower end, by the time I kind of get back on those last kind of couple of streets and then down my road, I just literally feel so good. Like. Uh, my body like body language or my 
my physique has changed. Like you start the walk like, oh, I really don't want to do this. And you're like a bit shrugged in the shoulders and you're leaning forward. But then by the time you're back, you're like, oh my God, an amazing, powerful woman and I can do this. And yeah, I feel really good when I go for a walk. So if that helps anybody, if they feel the same, and obviously having a dog is just wonderful for that reason. If, uh, yeah, but it, it's for life, remember. So yeah, just <laughs> disclaimer there. <laughs> what she's saying is don't just go and get a dog so you can go for a walk, right? Yeah. <laughs> No, it's not locked down again. I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, I also agree with that. Um, Whenever I take Dory for a walk, I feel a lot better when I get back. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. Like energy, like like it's movement, isn't it? Movement creates energy. Yeah, and it's nature as well, like getting out. Like, I mean, I live in a really built up area and like I'm from the countryside and I hate like at times I dislike living so close to so many people. I mean, it's it's not as bad as living in a city, but I live near a canal and I see so much wildlife in amongst rubbish and, you know, pollution or whatever. But there's so, you can always find the golden bits in wherever mm. you live. And and that's that's what I love. I absolutely love it, especially the cygnets this time of year. They're amazing. Oh, yeah, the cygnets <laughs> are amazing. We've got a country park near us and we've got, cygnets and goslings and the ducklings as well they're like all all of nature yeah it's really nice and and you know that's again that's going back to like being a human being like humans actually really enjoy nature like when we go in nature we feel calm we feel peaceful it's almost like all your worries go away and it's really important sometimes to just go and sit and look at a tree of course or even just you know give it a, a cheeky hug so yeah (laughs) well on that note (laughs) thank you so much for coming on the podcast Flo I hope you enjoy editing this episode (laughs) well it will be be a very strange experience but yeah I bet don't overanalyze what you're saying too much don't edit all the good bits out no (laughs) Flo if people want to find you on social media on your favorite channel Instagram where can they find you yeah so it's peachy.pod so yeah uh send me a dm if you want to have a chat about podcasting i'm i'm here love to hear yeah amazing i'll link that in the show notes along with flo's website she's got some great packages that we've been working on (laughs) just gonna plug those for you (laughs) indeed and yeah she's she's really fantastic especially if you're um sort of the kind of person who's into all the things flo's talked about from nature mental health motherhood she is a great person to vibe with All right, that is it for today, lovelies. I'll catch you very soon. Thanks for listening today, love. Now, if you'd like to access more epic freelancer support and resources, then head on over to fiercelyfreelance.co. This is where you'll find classes, tools and courses to help you grow your business. And you can also come and find us on Instagram as well, where you'll get lots of savvy tips and advice. So we're at Fiercely Freelance on Instagram. And finally, if you're enjoying the show, I would love if you could spend a couple of moments to rate and review us as well. Big love and see you again soon.